You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, hello. It was me you were looking for. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on a Monday. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, what's up? Matt Miguez here. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Got a lot to dive into today. Going to be back on the road this evening, heading down to the Big Easy for Sunbelt Media Days tomorrow and Wednesday, which means James is going to be in, in in the dark confines all by himself once again. The producer extraordinaire and the co-host with the most. James, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Matt? Why why the salt? I think it, if you have seen our poll question, which if you haven't yet, go vote on the game Louisiana Twitter. Here we go. Matt, we talked about it at the end of the show on Friday about him being upset about the dynasty on how it was being run and how a dynasty league worked. And later that day, the man quit on us just hours before our draft. So yeah, I'm a, I'm still a little salty about that. A ten year league. Mm-hmm. That's what a dynasty is. At eighty dollars a year. And if you win one time, you basically make your money back. Okay, but what if I don't? I'm out eight hundred dollars. Well, then that's you not just, a, that's then not you a just risk. Suck at fantasy football. That's not a risk I'm willing to take. And, and you're and, and you're and, and, and you're you a say, Napier, and you're a Napier guy. And and you say that dynasty is like automatically ten years. It could be five years. I've seen some dynasty leagues that even go three years. Okay. That would have been more doable. But this is this also years. this also could be twenty, thirty years. Because let me ask you this. So then you have even more chances so to me, make your money back. Let me back. ask you this. Say I have the number one overall pick, 10-year okay. league. Uh-huh. I draft Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. Woohoo, I'm set at the quarterback position. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he tears an ACL or, you know, tears his labrum. His career's shot. Then what? Your SOL. I go I go draft Baker Mayfield as his replacement because that's all that's left. It's how you draft and how you trade and how you do the waivers. Nah, man. that's I, I like having a new team every year. That's loser talk. Okay. Anyway. But still, you're, <laughs> you're a scumbag for, for ditching us just hours that's, before our draft. That's a harsh word to use. but okay. You were committed. Okay. Okay. You were committed and you hit us with a, nah, okay. I'm not playing. Okay. Because... Because, James, the buy-in was only supposed to be 50 which is still a lot of money because that's $500 through the life of the league. More risk it, more biscuit. And then the day of the draft, everybody's like, oh, let's do 80 No, man, that's not how this works. Clearly it is. That is not what I committed to. You also thought you committed to a two-year league. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I didn't do Which, my I didn't do my due diligence in the research. Yeah, 
you could have at least asked, okay, well, how many years is a dynasty? Is it like three, like five? No, it's 10. Oh, well, then that changes everything. Made me, made me look bad because it was like, oh, James brought in this guy and now he's quitting on us. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, you didn't need me to make yourself look bad. Come on, bud. Oh, I've been looking fine. Oh, okay. Okay. Got a couple pieces of NBA news to get to. After playing for the Lakers in Summer League, Sharif O'Neal is signing a six-figure contract with the G League Ignite. So is the G League Ignite becoming like the new Savannah Bananas for, for Major League Baseball? I, I kid, of course. But like the, the, the breeding ground for NBA talent? I mean, look at Dyson Daniels, now Sharif O'Neal. There was another guy that got drafted this year that, that played for the Ignite, uh, Jaden Hardy. Other thing is this. The Hornets are interested in sh- signing Kimball Walker. Could there be a reunion in Charlotte? That's intriguing. James, could you see that going down? A Kimba reunion? Kimba back? Yeah, actually I could. I could see him as their backup guard. And then you just kind of let him do whatever with the second team. But this is obviously LaMelo's team at this point. Right. So far on social media, on our poll question, 75% of you say 100% that I am a scumbag. And 25% of you say no, it's okay. Or nah, it's fine. And then, This is for the bros. And you broke the bro code. And then we've got a comment from JBK the OD. And it's a it's a gif that says only a quitter quits. That is true. That yeah. reminds me. As a kid, when I first started baseball, they said, my mom and dad said, if you're going to start something, you finish. But I didn't you, start it. You started I did by joining the league and then picking what pick you wanted. I did not start. The draft you did committed. not commit. You, co- you committed if to I picking your pick. If I would have backed out after the draft already started, yeah, then I'm a jerk. That's wrong. What? If, well, the guy... Y'all had plenty of time to find a replacement. We had like six hours. You, you also didn't have to start the draft on July 23rd. That's what everyone and, wanted. And give everybody eight hours to make a pick. But that makes what's e- that makes it even. That way nobody's been able to really do eight much research. hours. That is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Call the game hotline 706-0111 if you want to get in on the show. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Another interesting piece of NBA news. Kyrie Irving says he wants to play out next season as a net with or without Kevin Durant. Kyrie wants to be a net next year regardless of whether Kevin Durant's there or not. I find that odd, to say the least. Let's go to the hotline. Jules is calling in. Jules, what's up? I just wanted to call up and see what y'all's take was on last night. Last night being? Mondo. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mondo. I mean, 
the the guy has consistently set records and then broken them. Just consistently gets better and better every time he competes. And it, it's just it's absolutely incredible to see. Yeah, when he made that uh the last jump to set another world record, and you could tell he cleared that easy. Uh he could keep on going, but uh, that's the way I guess they do it in track and field, like in these jumps, is incrementally. Uh, and every time they get to set another world record, they probably get extra money for setting world records or winning gold at the Worlds or whatever the case may be. But this kid might be, he might be the best athlete to ever come out of Acadiana. If not the best, he is definitely up there for sure. Has to be, no doubt about it. And the, the kid's only 22. I mean, these guys, he hadn't even come close to hitting his prime yet or his prime years. So, right. I mean, what's ahead of him is uh, um, could be mind-boggling. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, it's pretty scary to think about. I do wish that at some point in his career he would run or jump for the United States. I don't know if he will ever actually do that, but uh, it would be nice at some point. I understand why he uh, is running or jumping for Sweden uh, because of the coaching situation and uh, the ability to make more money over in Europe. But once he's uh, got his stockpile, it would be nice to – see him uh, jump for the USA maybe in one of the Olympics. But, uh, yeah, the kid the kid is phenomenal, um, you know, and obviously coming from good teams and Antoine, the way he played at uh, LSU. So nothing but uh, nothing but props to Mondo, one heck of an athlete. Yep, That's all I really wanted to talk about. Appreciate the call, Jules. All righty. Bye-bye. Yeah, so Mondo Duplantis competed at the World Championships last night in Eugene, Oregon, representing his mother's home country of Sweden. He broke his own world record when he cleared 20 feet, 4.5 inches on his second attempt. Duplantis also claimed a silver medal at the 2019 World Championships. So now he claims a world's gold, a world's silver, and an Olympic gold from the Tokyo Olympics last summer. Once again, Mondo Duplantis off to an incredible start in his career. And like Jules just said, being only 22 years old, there's no telling where he could go from here in his track career. But I'll also say this. I do agree with Jules on the on the fact that I hope one day he does compete for the United States. Let's go back to the hotline. Martin's calling in. Martin, buddy, I got a box of tissues with your name on it. I'm officially laughing at my Boston Red Sox for the rest of the season like Joe's does. Because, I mean, what was that that they did this weekend? What what they, was uh, what was what they've done the last 10 games? I mean, Jesus. Christ. I mean, you have a pitcher that's overrunning the base, and then, I mean, then you got – your center fielder can't misfills a a, a a a pop up and doesn't even go to to get the ball. He waits for his 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 uh his his teammate to go and get the the the, the pop up that he should have even caught in the first place. 
I, I think it's past. I've been saying it. I think it's past time that they let go, Cora go because, I mean, every time the camera was on him and everything, he, he, he it was like it wasn't even bothering him. There's no discipline in that team. I mean, the season's done with us. I, I'm gonna honestly say that, and I mean, twenty-eight to five. That that makes no sense. Yeah, that was um, that was definitely not a sight for sore eyes. And I mean, most of the and, and, yeah, most of the, the the runs were scored on errors, the right. stupid errors. I mean, like just like Foot says, catch the ball, cat. You know, I mean, that's all you need to do. Yeah. You no, know, but that's all I wanted to say, man. I, I just I was laughing at. Uh, I mean, at first it was uh, against the Yankees, we got blown out, and then. Uh, then the uh, the bluebirds come to come to town and make us look absolutely uh, useless. Like a like I told um, Mesh just now, I said I think they just uh, it, it looks like they uh, replaced them with a bunch of t-ballers out there. That's what they look like. At least them t-ballers would have a better chance at catching them pop-ups. I mean, it was just atrocious. I've never seen a a Boston Red Sox team feel this horribly like I like I seen this past weekend, but. Uh, yeah, it's time to make a managerial uh, switch, and uh, we'll see what happens then, you know what I mean? But, yeah, our playoff chances are done. We don't deserve to go to the playoffs. <laughs> Man. But uh, thanks, for, thanks hey. for taking my call. I'm glad you're back in town, buddy. There, there's room on the Astros bandwagon. Hey, I don't have nothing against the, the Astros, hey. You know, I mean, they, any team that, that can uh, sweep the Yankees is a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the call, Martin. All right. Take care, buddy. So going back to that game Friday night, that 28-5, to 5, some of the numbers are just astounding. Okay, so the Blue Jays scored 28 runs on 29 hits. 29 base hits. They had seven runs in the third, four in the fourth, and you ready for this, James? Eleven in the fifth. I remember. I was like, what What innings stood out? And I just see the fifth thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Eleven runs in the fifth. But they had 20. I think they had 27 by the end of the fifth. Because like, they had yeah, like a four, a you, seven, they and only a five. Scored, you, you had 25 at the end of the fifth. That's what it was, yeah. Because you scored two in the sixth, and then you scored another in the ninth. Yeah, put the icing on the cake with that last one. Right, right. <laughs> just just rubbing it in, and then you see. So it's okay. It's one thing to lose that badly, right? It is a whole nother thing to lose that badly at Fenway Park. You were the home team. You have one of the most historic stadiums in all of baseball, and you let the Blue Jays come in and own you absolutely owned you. And then you look at the last 10 games. They're one they're one and nine in their last 10. Okay. They're on a five game losing streak. It started with a sweep or they won one out of three. No, no, go back to the 11th. They get swept by the Rays in Tampa. And then you go to New York to play the Yankees. You win the Friday. You break the losing streak. You feel good about yourself. You got two games left before the All-Star break. That Saturday you lose 14 to 1. And then that Sunday you lose 13 to 2. 
So now you go into the All-Star break dejected. But then, you know, a couple days off, a couple days to relax and breathe and come back mentally ready. First game back, you lose 28-5. to Yikes. A little too much relaxing. That's a big yikes from me, bud. Hey, not to fear. They got seven games at home to get embarrassed again. They got four against the Guardians and then three against the Brewers this weekend. Um, over under James, they lose four of them. Four and a half. I'll give you that. Four and a half. Over. Because oh. I'm thinking they lose six. Oh. So you've got them going one of 15 in the last 16 to end the month? <laughs> That'd be two and 15. I'm sorry. Two and 15. Yikes. Oh, over the last seven. I was thinking it's the last 10. Yeah, if you. If you yeah, Ooh, these last four. seven games to end the month. Oh, I could see five. I could see five. Oh, man. So James has them going three and 14 to close out the month of July. It's an impressive number. Yikes. Anyways, the game 1037. Let's talk about, before I introduce this, let's talk about a team that's red hot in baseball. Oh, there we go. That is the Houston Astros. 64 and 32. Icy hot. Icy hot. Dude, they're 34 and 18 away from home. That's impressive. That's so good. That's so good. It's just the only thing is the majority of the losses were in Seattle. Yeah, that's true. But hey, they figured out I was Seattle gonna say, this weekend. I was going to say, and they just take they just it beat five names. Them. Take that five names. Where's that 14 winning streak now? Ooh. Ooh. How many games are they behind now? What's the, where where um, are the Mariners now? How many games are they behind? Because because I remember during the break we or during the All Star break, it was it was ten. No, it got to nine. Oh, did it get to nine? Because I remember seeing one specific person on Facebook being like, "Hey, it's nine now. Great day. How about now, bud? How about now? Mm, Thirteen on a three game losing streak. That hurts. The Texas Rangers are almost catching you. Yikes. Anyways. The game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let's take a time out right here, and when we return to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, we'll get you set with some Saints talk before training camp opens tomorrow. And we've got some highlights from Southland Conference Media Days. We'll hear from the Southland Conference Commissioner and Head Coach Gary Goff on the other side. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh yeah. Welcome back. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 25 minutes after 4 o'clock. Let's quickly 
go to the hotline. Paul's calling in. What's up, Paul? Oh, nothing much. Another glorious day as a Yankee fan. You know. Well, that's an oxymoron, but continue. You know, you said something right, but you left out something. Okay. You were talking about how Fenway, the Fenway Park is historical. Mm-hmm. But you, but you left out why they're historical. But losing, that's what. Oh, they losers. You should have added that in there. <laughs> now, I was so happy to hear Martin is not delusional anymore. He came to his senses. He saw the light. He opened his eyes and saw the light. That they're not making the playoffs, and they trash. I've been telling that band that for, for quite some time now. And you see, I'm just happy he can see it my way now. Now, if you want to talk about a icy hot team, talk about the Yankees. 27 championship. That's who you talk about. About to work on 28. If anybody should be talking about somebody, you got to talk about the Yankees, man. We're doing okay. We just got to get past the hump of the Astros. That's it. That's the only team is a threat. I think we're going to get past the hump in the playoffs. They have our number. So, so wait, let me get this straight. You think that the Yankees are going to pass the hump of the Astros in the playoffs oh, yeah. where yeah, the it, where the Yankees in recent years have historically struggled? We know that part, too. So... But I think we're gonna get past it if we don't. But I also really, really believe they won't meet us in the playoffs. I believe the Mariners are gonna take them out. That's what I believe. I mean, they'll be doing it a good favor. I mean, it's the, hey, you're doing it for your country. Your country will love you. Knock them out of the way. Let the Yankees win the championship. Everybody live happily ever after. Make sure Yankee fans sooner or later, my brother. Both of y'all. I'm gonna let y'all go. I'm going to finish listening. Go Yankees. Paul, I appreciate the effort so much, but you're <laughs> never going to make me a Yankees fan. <laughs> Later, bro. Oh, man. Paul and Martin, they are a they are a trip. So the Yankees 66-31 and 31 on the season. Very impressive. They are. 12 and a half games ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays. But if you look at... Their recent games. Let's go back to the first loss against the Red Sox that I can see, which is July 9th. So, the last two weeks, you lost to the Red Sox twice, three times actually. You lost to the Reds twice. You lost to the Astros twice. You lost to the Orioles. Now, I will give Baltimore credit. They're hanging out around 500. They haven't been up there in a long time. Good for Baltimore. You still lost to them. Now, I'm not knocking the Yankees because I do believe that them and the Astros kind of tied for the best team in baseball. But again, if you go back to the Yankees, they have struggled in the playoffs as of late. Yeah, 27 World Series championships. Fantastic. Last year, you couldn't get out of the wild card game. Year before that, you got beat up in the divisional series and had to win the wild card game to get there. 
2019, you met the Astros and lost. 2018, you met the Red Sox and lost in the division series. 2017, you went to the ALCS and lost. The Yankees haven't made the World Series since they won it in 2009. Right now, the Yankees' biggest kryptonite is October. I don't see that changing. Do I believe that the Yankees have the talent to win a World Series? No question about it. Do I think that they're currently the best team in baseball? 100%. Will they get over that kryptonite come October? No. They'll get to the championship series. They'll run into the Astros. And they'll lose. Just like they've done in the past. That's just the way I see this going down. Now, another thing that we're going to get to here in a later segment. We are still going to talk about McNeese. Callers got us off of that. And we're gonna we're still going to talk about McNeese. That's going to happen. So hang tight if you're, if you're waiting for that conversation. Let's go back to the phone lines. Martin, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Okay, so I did I hear that right, that, that, that Paul was trying to have his Yankees take the easy way to the, to the World Series? Yes, that to is be correct. The best, to be the best team in the league, you got to beat the best. And in my opinion, the Astros are the best team in all of Major League Baseball. And, uh... And he's wanting the Mariners to do the Yankees' dirty work, and and eliminate the Mariners. Ain't beating the 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 Astros in the playoffs. The Astros just swept the Yankees, just like they just swept the uh, the Mariners. So uh, the the last time I checked, the Astros were still undefeated the second half of the season, and the Yankees weren't. And that's all I gotta say. Have a good one, and we'll see. Well, I'll see Paul in October when his Yankees uh, once again crash and burn. Have a good one. Go Red Sox. You know, Martin Martin sounds a little dejected on the air today, and and I think it's because he's sad as a Red Sox fan, and I, I I feel bad for him. Just kidding. No, I don't. He's a Red Sox fan. That was that was a life choice, and it was a poor one. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is taking over the Big Easy for Sunbelt Media Days. Tune in tomorrow, July 26th and Wednesday, July 22nd, 27th as RP3 and Company, Footnotes, and Crunch Time. We'll be broadcasting live from New Orleans for the games. Live from Sunbelt Media Day coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Tune in for our takeover of the Big Easy right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Cajun's Corner is back. Our guy Jay Walker, already in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Day, will join us to preview Media Days, and we'll start talking some Cajun's football. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! 
Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajun's Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker live from New Orleans. Bud, what's up? Well, in in honor of my coming on the show this afternoon, I've been drinking Starbucks. Drinking Starbucks? Yeah. I didn't picture you as a coffee guy, Jay. Oh, no, I am a coffee guy now, very much so. Um, but, I, you know, um, after we finish this conversation, I'll switch beverages. But until now, it's been Starbucks. So when, 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 I, when I get to the hotel tonight, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to find you. Well. I'm, I'm putting my stuff on your tab. I'm not, I'm, not tell, I'm not telling you what my room number is because I may be sound asleep by the time you get here. <laughs> All right, Jay, let's look at Sunbelt Media Days tomorrow. First time it's going to two days, now with 14 teams, four new members, Old Dominion, Marshall, James Madison, and Southern Miss. You know, which of those four new members are you looking forward to hearing from the most? Uh, all of them. You know, I you know you've got new folks in the league. I wanna I wanna hear what these coaches have to say. Uh, I want to hear what they think about their team. I want to hear what they feel about being in this league. Um, so the answer is all of the above, and all of them equally. Uh, you know, we saw Marshall a year ago, so we probably know a little bit more about them. But you know, I don't know squat about James Madison and Old Dominion. You know, I mean, we know Will Hall because he was here for a year. And, you know, we follow Southern Miss because they're close by. But, uh, but no, I want to I hear from all of them. And the reason that I came in early is to be here tomorrow because I honestly have no duties tomorrow. But I'm here because I want to hear the, the three new coaches, uh, actually four because you have Clay Helton at Georgia Southern. I want to hear from the four new coaches in the league. You know, you talked about Clay Helton at Georgia Southern. Another new head coach is right here in our backyard with Michael Desermo, Louisiana. And a lot of people from from a national perspective think that there's a big question mark over the Cajuns program. What do you think? Well, I think that that comes from ignorance. You know, if if you had people who know this program uh, and who know the success that it had and who know Mike Desermo, those people don't really have any questions. You know, uh, your national folks, you know, you, Billy Napier left, and wait, wait, you, you promoted from within a guy who's never coached anywhere but at Louisiana. So I understand the questions, uh, but those are questions based on ignorance. Chris Smith making the first team preseason in, for all for an all-purpose player. Zion Hill and Eric Reese Burns making the first team as well. You know, looking at the the program, obviously a question mark is going to be who's going to be your starting quarterback. But another big question mark that hasn't been a question mark of, of recent years, Jay, is is at running back. Because outside of Chris Smith, that backfield's pretty unproven. Well, guess what? You know, last year it was too. You know, because you had Montrell Johnson who had never made a carry, uh, and Amani Bailey who had had you know maybe four or five, and those questions got answered pretty quick. So you know, I, I I'm really not worried about the running back position. I think there's talent there. Um, you know, you, you got some guys who are going to have to establish themselves, but you had that last year too. So I, I'm not all that concerned about it. 
look, my biggest concern, I've got a couple of concerns on offense. First of all, you lost four starters. One of them is going to play in the NFL. A second one is going to, but he's at another school now. And so you've got that. You've lost to statistically the best quarterback you've ever had that's not named Jake Delone. And, uh, and uh, you know, you mentioned the running back situation. So there are questions there, okay, that, that need to be answered. And um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm hopeful. But, um, you know, we still don't know who's going to say hike. And uh, that's really the most important question to be answered because that's where it all starts. Who's your guess if you, if you had to pick? Uh, you know, nobody, nobody has explained to me why it's not going to be Chandler Fields. Okay, I, you know, you hear Will Rogers' name all the time, but every time you hear it, you say, well, right now he's a little bit behind Fields. Well, you know, until he's ahead of Fields, he's not. So it's, it's going to be Chandler until Coach Desermo says something different. Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajun's Corner. Looking at the West Division, you know, now you bring in Troy to the West. You still have Arkansas State, Texas State, ULM. You know, looking at the West Division, a division that the Cajuns have, have really run through the last couple of years, who do you see giving them some, some competition this season? Well, I think, I think that it's going to be a competitive division this year. I mean, look, the Cajuns went 8-0 in the league, okay? But let's think about this for a second. ULM was a one-possession game. They won four games. Georgia Southern was a one-possession game. They won uh, four games. Um, Arkansas State was a one-point win. They won two games. Uh, South Alabama had the Cajuns beat and missed a field goal. They won five games. So, you have to explain to me why the Cajuns are a prohibitive favorite in the Western Division. You know, they won their games last year, but it's not like they steamrolled through the league. Um, you know, South Alabama's picked second by the coaches. Uh, I'm more inclined to lean toward Troy because I think that they've got a little bit better punch returning on offense. And I think defensively, they're going to be as good as anybody in the league. So I, I like Troy to be the maybe the biggest um, stumbling block uh, that the Cajuns have. But, I, um, but you get Arkansas State and Troy and South Alabama all at Cajun Field, so that's a plus. You know, Jay, one, one thing that we haven't got to talk about since we took the, the hiatus is this new news in the world of realignment with you know UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. There's rumors from ACC teams possibly coming to the SEC if they can ever figure out the grant of rights. You know, for, for G5 football, for the Sun Belt, for the American conferences like that, the, these moves, how do you see that changing? Well, you know, somebody needs to explain to me how close G5s have been to winning a national championship before any of this happened. Um, you know, it, it, you know, the penny penny, the sky is falling. And, you know, it, look. The G5s have already always been at a huge disadvantage, and they're going to be even more at a disadvantage. You know who needs to be quaking in their boots? I think it's the teams that are at the lower end of the P5 conferences because I have a feeling that there's a chance that those folks are going to get left behind before it's all over with. Yeah, that, that's kind of been my thought process. You know, looking at the Big 12, you know, your Kansas State's, 
or Kansas even. And then in the SEC, Vanderbilt, Missouri, you know, those bottom level teams in the conference, you know, could like like you just kind of mentioned, could you see them maybe having to drop to a, a new conference, especially a G5 conference? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Time will tell. I, I just know that the teams that have a lot of money that are dominating the P5s, that gap's going to get even bigger with NIL. Uh, that gap is, you know, I mean, look, the, the, these schools are still going to get TV money. But, um, no, if I, were, if I were them, I'd be concerned. All right, Jay, last question I got. At, oh, looking at the schedule, looking at the road trips, which trip are you looking forward to most to taking? Um, is is there a place on the schedule that you've never been that? Uh, I've never been to Florida State, um, so I'm, um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've never been to Rice, um, so that'll be new uh, for me. Uh, I've never been to Marshall. That's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most yep. because it's a conference game uh, on a Wednesday night on national television. Uh, so that's that's real important. Um, you know, I, I don't know that any of them excites me like if we were going to go play at Army or if we were going to go play uh, at the Big House or, or if we were going to go play at the Rose Bowl. Um, but, you know, I, I'm always – anticipatory about places I've never been. So I'm going to go to three new places this year, and then a fourth that I haven't been to in a long time, and that's the Rocket Southern Miss. So uh, the, the the road schedule is going to be fun this year uh, because there are places either we've never been or we haven't been in a long time. That'll be good. Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Jay, appreciate you taking the time. Glad you're back on the show. We'll do it again next week, my friend. You got it, brother. Thank you. There he goes. The Jaybird. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 50 minutes after 4 o'clock. Here on your Monday, only one, only today's show in the studio before we hit the road to New Orleans for tomorrow and Wednesday, and then we'll be back on Thursday in the friendly confines here at Delta Media. Poll question, am I a scumbag for leaving James Mesh's Dynasty League just hours before the draft began? It was more like a day before the draft began, but fair. You left it 9 p.m., like officially. And it started and the, draft the next day at 8 a.m. Okay, so 12 hours. That's fair. You're sleeping for about eight of it. <laughs> Anyways, 73% say, oh, yeah, 100%. 26% say, nah, it's fine. Look, I, I don't think I did anything wrong. And I am a I am a man of integrity and I'm a man of morals, and I would speak up if I did something wrong. And I don't think I did. Now look, even though you did, I am a big second chance guy. So I did send you a link to join my regular fantasy football league. Well, I appreciate that, and I accept. However, 
you will not get an invite to my fantasy league. I don't need a fourth. <laughs> I've already got the dynasty, this one, and we're probably going to be doing the the studio or the we, the, the radio station. We leads. better be. I want to beat up on Martin and Paul. No, nah, they're going to join mine. No. They're going to join mine. They're joining mine. No, they're you can have Paul. I'll they like me more. No, James. I'm, I'm taking them both. Smoke Monday, rocking number 38 for the black and gold. Good transition. Right? Right. I'm also know. I'm also getting Ralph and Jamie. Wait, whoa! <laughs> what the heck? I'm calling dibs. That's no, there's no dibs here. Alright, got him. I just dibs. Jamie Jamie would much rather join my league because Jamie's we could, been we could knowing, talk, Jamie's been knowing me longer. We could talk about hockey in the chat. No. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He'll talk be about, he'll be teaching me hockey in the chat. Talk about hockey it'll be a, it'll, in the he'll, chat. He'll be using his teacher instincts to tell me about hockey. All right, real quick, we got a couple minutes. Kyler Murray signed his contract today. Five years, two hundred and thirty and a half million dollars. There is a clause in his contract that says players shall complete at least four hours of independent study each week, excluding bye weeks. During each playing season, as defined below during the term of the contract. So what is an independent study? Independent study means player studies the material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game, including, without limitation, any such material provided via an iPad or other electronic device. Let's go to the hotline. Ralph's calling in. What's up, Ralph? Well, um, it's been agonizing the last 24 hours. Um, I've been trying, going back and forth. Um, finally, I just reached out to an old pal of mine, Greg Norman, and I said, look, Greg, uh, you know, I've got, you know, Miguez, Mesh, you know, what, what should I do? And, um, man, I, I have to say, right, right now, I'm firmly committed to Team Mesh. Yes! Uh, so... Yeah, so I just wanted to announce that. I hope it doesn't affect my world ranking points, but um, we'll see, you know. And Well, well Ralph, I'm at, buddy. Ralph, you know, I, I really think you're going to regret that decision. Yeah, well, I mean, the money was just too much to pass up, man. You know, so, uh, you know, and I'm a Rock I'll slide to you later. five Mark Ingram jersey, so it'll make me look slim. So, James, yeah. I'm accusing James of tampering. <laughs> There's tampering going on. All right, man. Later. Appreciate it, Ralph. All right. So independent study means that he has to provide study provided materials to prepare for the team's upcoming game. Players shall receive no credit for independent study for any period during which a player does not personally study the provided materials in good faith. So basically, he has to study what the team provides him and nothing else for four hours a week. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if I'm making $46 million a year to play a game, watching film on my opponent for four hours a week that's doesn't, nothing. <laughs> doesn't seem that difficult. I practice all day and then I stay till 
seven, eight o'clock and I'll watch some yeah, film. That, that does not seem that difficult. It's only going to make me better. Which means, hmm, more money. Wow. Better performance on the field. Wait, you mean I won't look like a bum in front of millions of people? Oh, okay. That makes sense. God, some of the things that they write in contracts nowadays, man. It's, it is absolutely ridiculous. Before we go to end hour number one, you know you can score an Apple Watch by sending a simple text? The Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. And all you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-283-8100, G-A-M-E to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch, plus tons of chances to score other great prizes, like Astros tickets and more. It's the Games Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, going to bring you a Falcons preview. The Dirty Birds. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two here on crunch time with me guys and mesh you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros matt Miguez, james mesh james you know something that we talked about a couple weeks ago that really keeps coming up and i don't understand how so we talked about the Soldier Field thing, right? And how they talked about putting a roof on it. And that got shut down because the Bears said they were going to build a new stadium in the suburbs, blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently, the mayor of Chicago took the time to find somebody to draw up options for doming Soldier Field. Why? Why? It's not going to happen. The organization has said that they don't want to do that. At the center of the proposal is the construction of a domed stadium, which could cost anywhere from $900 million to $2.2 billion. I want to let that register for a second. $2.2 billion. And, and James, I, I want you to answer. This is a very genuine question. I don't want to sound like a jerk when I ask this question. <laughs> okay. Are the Bears even worth $2.2? Like, are you legitimately asking me, are they worth $2.2 billion? Like, let's, let's look at it this way. The Denver Broncos... Just now, a couple about a month or so ago, the net worth of the Chicago Bears 4.08. Okay, so you're gonna spend 
half of the team's worth on a building? In addition to the building. Right. In addition to what's already there. They're going to give it a hat. <laughs> Do, are, are you following my illogical thought here? A little bit, yeah. About how I think that that is absolutely ridiculous? Because here's the thing. You proved me wrong. I, I sat there the first time we talked about it and said that, oh, a dome would be a great idea. But then you said that that takes away the allure of Soldier Field. Yeah. You got to beat the conditions, too. Like, is it annoying to have to sometimes play in super cold weather? Of course. In, in Chicago, of course. But that's your advantage. But like, that's the whole MO of Chicago is, like, it gets cold very easily. You're in, the, in the weather. Because I was going to say, wasn't the fog game in Chicago? It was. Yeah. I do believe. Because it was Chicago versus Philly, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe. So, yeah, the Chicago Bears are the eighth richest NFL franchise, according to Forbes. You know who's seventh? The Houston Texans. Oh. Okay. <laughs> really? The, the Texans. Houston, the te- really? The Texans are. Yeah, the, the apparently seventh. the seventh richest franchise in football. That is mind-boggling. Anyway, so let's move on from that. Told you earlier I'd bring you the McNeese clips from Southland Conference Media Days. Gary Goff took the podium for the first time as McNeese head coach at Media Days, and he, he touched on a lot of different topics, but the biggest thing that he touched on was getting Lake Charles excited about this football team. Well, I, I can tell you you've got stability. I mean, I, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. Uh, very excited to be here. Uh, Lake Charles is a very special place. But I, I can tell you this. They're, they're going to enjoy watching the brand of football we're playing. We're going to be tough. We're going to have the right attitude. And we're going to be disciplined. Those are our values, right, men? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, so we, we, we talk about that on a daily basis. But um, it's going to be an exciting brand of football. We're going to attack on both sides. Obviously, the air raid gets a lot of attention because we like to put the ball in the air and, and, and press it downfield. But uh, on the defense side, I want the same thing. I want a lot of pressure on that side of the ball as well. So we're, we're going to play an exciting brand of football. And, and I can promise you this, our young men, uh, they're, they're going to be very disciplined, very respectful. They're going to know that it's a special, it's an honor to play football here at McNeese. And it's an honor to pack that stadium. A couple other things that he touched on, you know, he talked about how it's an honor to play at McNeese and they're going to play a physical brand of football. So what is the biggest strength of this program and what's the biggest challenge? Well, I think the strength of this team is, um, you know, a lot of the players are hungry. You know, they, they, they really accepted the change. They wanted the change. You know, there's story after story that I've met with some of these young men. I mean, the first time we had a leadership meeting in my office, they were kind of on eggshells. They hadn't been in that office before. Uh, you know, so um, they, they understand it. it's all about building trust between the players, each other, and the coaching staff. And, and they know that, um, you know, if, if we're all in this together with the same mission, the sky's the limit. You know, why not us? You know, why not? Uh, we also understand we're going to be the underdog on almost every game this year, and that's okay, too. It's okay. It's part of the process. But um, we're going to attack one day at a time, one game at a time, and, and we're going to spend all of our energy and our focus on the Cowboys. And lastly, who is standing out to this coaching staff? 
Yeah, I mean, at, at the receiver room, we had some, some talent, but, um, you know, Mason got a lot of the attention as far as our opponents. Uh, we, we added uh, Kobe Duru, who's a receiver transfer from San Diego State. That's, you know, he's got good speed. I, I hadn't had him race yet. I don't know his passes, but Mason will tell you him. Um, but we, we, we've added more speed to the offensive side of the ball um, to help take some of that pressure off him. Um, and like I said, if they're focused on him, uh, then somebody else is going to have a big game and vice versa. But uh, he definitely has. You know, Malik Welch is, is a corner transfer from San Jose State. We expect great things out of him. I mean, Garrison Smith, we got, we got a kicker transfer from uh, Ohio State. I, I think he's got a big leg, you know, so excited to see him under the pressure, how he can develop. But, um, you know, like I said, we, we added 15 young men, uh, Ahmad Willis from a linebacker transfer from Houston, that all of them are expected to come in here, in here and play and, and play immediately. Uh, we just haven't had a, a lot of time on the field with them yet, so it's hard to answer some of those questions. But um, all of All right, Celtics fan. NBA. The Celtics apparently, according to reports, are in discussions with the Brooklyn Nets to acquire Kevin Durant. You can't see right now, but I'm rolling my eyes. It's here's the thing. It's it's a blessing and a curse to always be a part of like big trades and like big names that are like trying to get out of their teams. But at the same time, it sucks because you're always in the talk, so you're always in the news about stuff, even if you don't want to be. So they're talking about Jalen Brown being the centerpiece of the trade. If you're if you've been if you've been holding on to him this whole time, right? And you're like, look, this is the dynamic duo, JB and JT. Those are our two guys that we're building around. You get to the you finally get to the finals. In the first offseason com- after you get there, now all of a and sudden you compete. And, yeah, and you won two of the two of the six games. Now all of a sudden, as soon as the offseason rolls around, you're telling me that Brad Stevens, the new guy up in the office, is like, you know what? Let's trade him. No, come on, dude. That's gotta be Brooklyn just making stuff up. So according to this article. The original trade offer was Brown for Durant straight up. No. And then the Nets countered with Brown, Smart, and Draft Capital. No. No. Brown, Smart, and Draft Capital. The Celtics would be idiots to take that. Absolutely idiotic. I don't even want to trade Jalen Brown straight up. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do the Celtics become that much better getting rid of Brown and Smart plus draft picks in the future to get Kevin Durant? Now, no. granted, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players to ever play. There's there's no arguing that. The man's about to turn 34, and he's already torn an ACL and ruptured an Achilles. You're not getting any better. And Kevin Durant has a history. Let's let's be real here. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are some prima donna egos. Okay? However, if you really look at it, I think Kevin Durant might have played an integral part in that OKC team breaking up. Think about this. Because Kevin Durant, if anything... If that if that's the trade that goes down, 
the Celtics, in my opinion, become worse. Yep. When was the only time that Kevin Durant won championships? When he was on a super team. With Golden State, who already had... They'd already won championships. Who already had championships won and already had their foundation. Yep. You just added him. With this, you have the foundation with the Celtics, but you got to give up a big part of it. You're going to rip away the foundation. Exactly. So it doesn't make any sense to do it. And when has Kevin Durant ever made, in your opinion, his teammates better? He doesn't make his teammates better. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying when when I say he played an integral part in breaking up that team in OKC because he didn't make anybody better. He didn't make the guys in Golden State better. He sure as hell hasn't made his teammates in Brooklyn better. It's just him and Kyrie. It's just them back and forth shooting and, the ball. And, and, and Harden, and it was, whenever Harden And was it was there. him and Kyrie for 28 games because Kyrie missed three quarters of the year. Like The, the trade just doesn't make sense to me. If, if another team wants to go get him, go ahead. But I don't want the Celtics to do it, and I don't want the Pelicans to do it. If the Celtics make that move, I think that that is awful. A terrible move and makes Brad Stevens look even worse than some people already think he is. It's horrible. He turns 34 September 29th, so the beginning of the season. Right. So what? Or right, or right before the season starts. Three years left if he stays healthy. Whereas you could get Jalen, you can keep Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's what, 25, 26? 25 turns 26 October 24th. Mark Smart, probably close to the same age? No, Marcus Smart's a little older. He's 27? I think he's, uh, let's see. Marcus Smart is 28. 28, okay. And he so, turned 28 in March. So 25 and just turned 28. That's a very plus, young Plus core. draft capital? That's a very young core. Because JT is still only 24. Right. No. The Celtics don't need to change a thing. They brought in Malcolm Brogdon. They had a good core already. You got Danilo Gallinari as a backup piece. You don't need Kevin Durant. All you need to do do was just make subtle moves, and you already made them. You got the draft, you made the trade, and you made the signings. If the Celtics would, if the Nets would be okay with a bunch of draft capital... Maybe. I mean, shoot, if you want if you want the draft capital for the next three, four years, right. Take it. If if you want to pull <laughs> if you want to pull a Ricky Williams type deal where you send everything for that one player, maybe. But here's but that's the thing is you'd be way over the salary cap. Well if you're the Celtics. So you'd have to give up somebody. But if you're able to lower KD's number by a significant amount, I don't want to lose Al Horford just yet. I know he's 37, but Al Horford. But you put him as the backup center, you save him for the playoffs. That way, he's still fresh, and then you're good. I don't want to give him up just yet. Give I mean, him one more year. Who's who's making the most money on the Celtics? Let's look at it. Jason Tatum's making 30. Brown's making 28. Horford's making 26. Oh my God. And he's coming into the final year of his deal. Oh, yeah. I would trade him and a bunch of draft capital. I would. I mean, if you trade him. If if that's your centerpiece and and then you take some draft picks, I'd consider it. If Brooklyn would take that deal, Al Horford and like four firsts. Because if you. But that's the thing is, 
who's coming off the bench at that point? Are you just going to play some? Because now at that point, you got Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Durant. That's five. And then you have Rob Williams. You gonna put you gonna put Brogdon as the as the starting point guard for the number two? Brogdon, Smart, uh huh, Tatum, uh huh, Brown, yeah, Durant, yeah. So you're gonna I mean, run you a would just play small ball. Who's playing center then? Durant. Durant ain't playing center. Why not? He's, he's not guarding. Foot. He's not guard. That's but that's why he's always like lists himself as six nine six ten. But that's it's so but he that's doesn't. It's so he doesn't play center. That's what I'm saying. It's a small ball. Tech, yes. But he's got a guard. He's going to be listed as the five, but you don't play a five. But somebody's going to guard the five, and or, it's, or it's you, not going to be smart. Cause I know they switch a lot. Or you make smart the sixth man, and you put Robert Williams in. You're going to put your depoy as your sixth man? Should he have really been depoy? Let's be, let's be real. I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. Cause he he's he definitely is really good at defense and one of the top players. One of the top players in the league. One of the top defensive players in the league. Okay, okay. I was about. We're to talking say. about the deep point, not the MVP. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. So let me ask you. But this. he was definitely he definitely deserved to be in the considering because he's been there this for quite a few years now. So let me ask you this. This will be my last question before we go to break. If you had the opportunity to give up Al Horford. And four first, which in today's NBA, that's not a lot. Especially since you still have a young core. It's not like your you have a young core, is, core. It's not like your core is aging. You don't need to draft and rebuild your franchise. Okay. To acquire Kevin Durant. Just Al Horford and picks? Correct. To win a championship, would you put Marcus Smart on the bench and have him come off the bench as a sixth man? He still plays 25 to 30 minutes a night. Maybe even more. Maybe even up to 35 minutes a night. He just doesn't start. The only thing that worries me, though, is we're going to see another situation like we did with Kyrie. JT and JB, they're going to... They're, and, and KD, they're all just going to... It's going to be too many mouths to feed. It's like how it was it's with true. Kyrie. It's true. And, and everybody's just going to play selfish ball again. And that's the problem with the Celtics. That's, that's why you need a point guard like... Oh, we just made another pick in the dynasty league. Oh, another one, another one. Oh, we're moving. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the problem. Is it gets too static? You need the ball to be moving around a lot. But if you get KD, it ruins the whole thing. So I, as tempting as it would be, because you look at the lineup and you're like, "Wow, that's unstoppable!" And it'd be an it'd be an it's be it'd be the next Warriors team where it's like, if you pick that, that that's unfair on two K. But in real life. It's just not going to mesh well, in my opinion. The Celtics' payroll for this year is $171 million. Let that sink in. Oh, my gosh. Davis Mills just went. (laughs) $171 million. Yikes. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
playing a little this or that on the other side. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 25th, 1999. Lance Armstrong wins his first of seven consecutive Tour de France titles, but is later disqualified for drug cheating. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, it's time to play this or that. And it's with my favorite position. It is your favorite position. Wide receiver. Yes. You know, looking at the wide receiver position, it's it's crazy because... There's so many good ones. There's so much talent. And it's like you almost can't even fault anyone. Like, you can just have a per, like personal preference. They're all pretty much on the same level because they're just all good. They just have different play styles. So, we're, we're using, we're using a, a list of Madden ratings. And so, it, it's safe to say 80 or above is, you know, like pretty good, right? Yeah. Top 100 players on Madden. Number 52 is the lowest 80. There are 52 wide receivers 80 or above. It's because they're all good. That is wild. They're all good receivers. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. Since it's receivers and there's so much talent, let's not do a standard. Yeah, you just pick two. Let's just yeah shoot from the hip. So I'm going to go first. And I am going to say, would you rather Chris Olave or LaVisca Chenault? Chris Olave. <laughs> what the hell? LaVisca Chenault has not panned out at all in Jacksonville. And he's in Jacksonville. It's like you're always down. You're throwing. You're in the slot. Trevor Lawrence loves to throw the slot. And you're not getting the ball. Get out of here. You suck. Okay, I'm a I'm a throw a doozy at you. I'm sure you will because I wanted you to do this to me. Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? Oh no! Oh god, that's for later in the segment, dude. <laughs> I'm throwing out heaters already. Wow! Oh, that's so good. Both. You can't do that. No, I want one on each no. side. No, no. And I'm thinking about it. that's what I should have done in my in my dynasty oh league. Oh my god, man! I should have taken Jamar and Justin Jefferson. Probably Jamar. Yeah, same. You're younger, just as talented, if not more. Oh, and I just man. preferred him when he was on LSU because I mean I, I felt like him and him and Joe just had a better connection. Okay. Terry McLaurin or Stephon Diggs? Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Talent-wise, you'd probably say Stephon Diggs. Yeah. But I'm going to just, at a personal preference. You like McLaurin? I'm going McLaurin because of what he's had to deal with. All right. 
That's fair. He's had to deal with like five different commanders quarterbacks That's since true. he's been in the league, and he's still been a top ten receiver. That's very true. That's very. True. I I understand Diggs had to deal with Kirk Cousins and deal with uh, Case Keenum, but now he's got Josh Allen. It's like, I don't know. I I just like whenever someone still performs at a really high level and is on the same level as somebody, and they've had poopier quarterbacks. Right. It's true. Would you rather DK Metcalf, okay, or AJ Brown? DK. You like DK? DK. Bigger body, not not quite as fast as AJ Brown. Pretty sure DK's faster. Is he? That dude. That's got to be close. That dude runs a straight line. Let he, me look up the forties real quick. That's it's got to be close. Because AJ Brown's pretty quick. AJ Brown ran a four four nine four four nine. DK's got to be in there four four eight four four seven. Four three three. Holy what? I told you he's fast. I told wow. you he is straight line fast. I knew he was fast, but I didn't realize he ran a four three three. Even more reasons to take DK. He's a rocket. Literally a rocket. I just don't like how he's got a limited uh route tree. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Michael Thomas. Or Cooper Cup? Oh, you're doing it to me. Uh, is it healthy Michael Thomas? Like, I know he's 100% oh, healthy. Prime, prime Michael Thomas. Prime Michael Thomas. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's not like it's got a lot to prove this year, Michael Thomas. It is prime 150 catches, Michael Thomas. You're going to call me crazy, but I'm taking Cooper Cup. Ooh. The man the man just had a triple I, crown. I don't I don't how, disagree with you. How often do you see that when someone leads reception yards and touchdowns? I don't disagree. And then with is you. the Super Bowl MVP. It's Come fair. on. It's you fair. got you got to take him. All right. What you got? CD Lamb, King. Or I'm trying to find a young receiver. Actually, scratch that. Amari Cooper or Mike Williams? Ooh. Amari Cooper. Amari. He's done it better for longer. That's fair. I mean, he is, I think, like three years older. Yeah, but, he's he's done it better for longer. But um, I, I understand your reasoning. I'd go I'd go Amari there. Okay. All right. Um let's do a conversation of rookies. Would you take Drake London or Jahan Dotson? Drake London. I'm not huge on how he's not that fast, but when you watch his USC highlights, he breaks tackles left and right. He does. Like it's ridiculous. He does. That was that that alone, his ability to break tackles was one reason why if he would have fell, I'd have been okay with the Saints getting him. And it makes sense because he's another big body like Michael right. Thomas. You won't have that. You won't have that deep threat like Olave. But I mean, if you got another big body target that can break tackles, it's right. like I mean, big plays are big plays. It's just how you prefer them, right? For sure. Rookies. Let's go. Garrett Wilson. I don't like this already. <laughs> Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Oh man, they're both such similar players. 
because and they're also from Ohio State, <laughs> and they both have the same batting rating. Um. Oh man, I really like both of them, but Chris Olave just because he's a saint. I'm not. I, I'm actually not that huge on Garrett Wilson for some reason. Really, I think he's. I don't. A stud. I don't know. I don't know if that's just because he's on the Jets. I I think that kid is just absolutely fantastic. That's fair. That's fair. All right. One more for the each of us. The each of us. What am I saying? Matt doesn't know English today. Um, let's see. Chase Claypool <laughs> or DJ Chark? I was going to say, if you gave me the two TikTok boys, I was not going to answer a question. I'm going DJ Chark. Really? I can't stand. If if my receiver, if we got 12 seconds left and you're dancing for a first down, we have no timeouts, you're getting benched. Get the hell out of here. Give me DJ Chark. <laughs> All right, you got one more. Do you want T. Higgins or C.D. Lamb? T. Higgins. T. Oh, okay. T. Higgins. Getting Higgy with it. Okay. More of a more of a physical body, yet still has the speed. I, I just I don't know something about his game. I, I prefer him over. Over CD Lamb. That's fair. Had the huge 75-yard touchdown to begin the second half right. of the Super Bowl. I mean, right. he, he's only been really good his whole career. His whole career. Right. And it's, it's still so young. The game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles is taking over the Big Easy for Sunbelt Media Days. Tune in Tuesday, July 26th and Wednesday, July 27th as RP3 and Company, Footnotes, and Crunch Time. Be broadcasting from New Orleans for the games live from Sunbelt Media Day coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Tune in for the takeover of the Big Easy right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a time out when we return. Mr. Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons, will join us to give you a preview into the Saints week one opponent. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Back into crunch time with Miguel Zemesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguel, James Mesh, 38 minutes after 5 o'clock here on your Monday. It's time to start looking at the Saints' schedule as we're counting down the days until kickoff in Atlanta as they take on the Falcons. Let's get a Falcons preview now with Mr. Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. Aaron, man, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. So let's start, you know, with, with the with the big question, right? The Falcons went after Deshaun Watson, much like the Saints did. Neither team ended up with him, and in the process, Matt Ryan moved on to Indianapolis. Quarterback position. Marcus Mariota appearing to be the guy for the Falcons in 2022. What do you make of that situation? 
Yeah, it's a significant blow to the Falcons in terms of losing Matt Ryan and provide a lot of stability for that team over the last 14 years. But the Falcons are basically in rebuild mode. Uh, Marcus Mariota is kind of their bridge guy uh, for this season. He'll He's expected to start week one. But obviously a big question for the Falcons moving forward is whether or not Desmond Ritter is the long-term answer, the quarterback they took out of Cincinnati in the third round. And the expectations are that at some point this season we will see Desmond Ritter get some starts so that the Falcons can do a good job evaluating him uh, so that in the event that they're picking high again uh, for the third consecutive year uh, in the top ten, that they may be in a position to, to grab a quarterback and they want to know if there are is a better option currently on the roster in Desmond Ritter. And then, you know, at the running back position, Cordero Patterson is a guy that the Falcons have, have relied on for a while. You also brought in Tyler Algier from BYU. You know, talk about that running back position and what you could see Atlanta doing. Yeah, the Falcons definitely under head coach Arthur Smith want to be a sort of running football team. They want to be a physical football team. Obviously, Cordero Patterson had a breakout year uh, last year, really was an impactful pass catcher and one of their most valuable weapons in the passing game, was solid in the running game, but he did kind of wear down uh, towards the end of the season. I think the Falcons want to sort of save him and make him more of a feature part of the passing game and prevent him from you know grinding out carries in the running game, and that's a big reason why they pulled the trigger on Tyler Algier in the fifth round. Uh, he's sort of expected to be that grinder between the tackles and potentially you know maybe vulture some red zone uh, opportunities away from Cordero Patterson so that the Falcons can save him. So it's going to be a committee system on the ground. You also have veteran Damian Williams in the mix that can add some additional value on third downs and be that sort of proven pass protector so that they can allow Cordero Patterson to be more of a pass catcher and line him up out wide at the wide receiver position and thus, you know, allow their rookie to sort of develop. So it'll probably be some variation of a three-headed backfield, but the Falcons are optimistic that the combination of all three of those guys will allow them to be able to do a better job establishing the run this year. And then out wide, you know, wide receivers, tight ends, you draft Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts from a year ago, but the the glaring absence is Calvin Ridley, who has to sit out the entire 2022 season after he was suspended for betting on games. You know how does that hole hurt Atlanta, and how do you even try to to fill it for 2022? Yeah, you know losing Ridley is a significant blow, but the reality of the situation was that Ridley and, and Arthur Smith never really got on the same page last year before he stepped away. Now, maybe had Ridley continued to play football before stepping away to deal with his mental health issues that he was going through last year, maybe they would have gotten on the same page. So while it is a significant blow to the team, it's not as if Ridley was a huge, huge contributor to the team this year. So uh, Drake London, I think, can sort of step in and provide probably potentially a little bit more than Ridley provided a year ago uh, in that role as there is sort of uh, number one wide receiver, but probably will be sort of the number two option uh, opposite Kyle Pitts. They also picked up uh, former Raiders third-round draft pick Brian Edwards, who also brings a lot of size. And a, a lot of people are looking at this Falcons wide receiver core 
um, as, you know, one that can basically go toe-to-toe with, you know, maybe the Pelicans or the Hawks in the NBA just because all the size that they are bringing to the table and the Falcons are optimistic, that will allow them to be able to improve what was a lackluster red zone offense a year ago, and that will be a contributing factor to why this offense can be better in 2022 than it was in 2021 despite losing a player like Calvin Ridley. Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. A name that we're very familiar with here in South Louisiana, Deion Jones, who had a standout career at LSU and is off to a great start with the Falcons in his first seven seasons. However, as it stands, he is currently on the physically unable to perform list. What's the latest on Deion and how healthy will he be come the start of the season? Yeah, Deion Jones is interesting in his future in Atlanta because a lot of people do not expect him to be on the Falcons uh, this upcoming season. There's been a lot of talk over the last year that the Falcons would love to move Deion Jones uh, just because while as athletic and gifted a player as he is, he wasn't necessarily as great a fit in the Falcons' new defense under defensive coordinator Dean Pease, who wants a little bit more of a stout downhill uh, run-fitting uh, linebacker at that position. And Deion Jones has always been an outstanding coverage player that plays really well sideline to sideline, but has never been the most disciplined or physical run defender going back to his days at LSU. So there's been a lot of talk that once Deion Jones is healthy, the Falcons would love to move him. Uh, they haven't really gotten any offers at this point in time, in, in large part due to the sizable contract that he gets. We'll have to sort of see what develops as training camp unfolds, uh, given the expectation that there may be uh, some potential injuries elsewhere in the league, and that may make teams be more willing to pick up the phone and call the Falcons to see what they would have to give up uh, to trade for Deion Jones. But at some point this year, the expectations are that Deion Jones will no longer be a Falcon, whether that's between now and the start of the season, whether that's the trade deadline or whether that's after uh, the year expires remains to be seen. But, you know, it seems like, you know, they're headed for a parting of ways sooner versus later. Looking at the defense, you got Grady Jarrett up front, and then in the secondary you got guys like A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward. Talk to me about the defense, you know, who stands out at, at the skill positions and who can make an impact for the Falcons. Well, you mentioned the two top guys uh, in Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell and the Falcons really feel like that's a solid foundation, sort of a uh, poor man's Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey sort of combination, and, and really the key for the Falcons is filling in some of the other pieces elsewhere on the defense, and I feel like the Falcons are really confident that they were able to make major strides there. Uh, they had the league's worst pass rush in the NFL last year. They picked up a veteran from New York in Lorenzo Carter. Uh, they also drafted Arnold Ebichetti in the second round, the player that a lot of people thought was a first-round talent as a pass rusher. That will enhance their pass rush and, and hopefully take it from worst to at least middle of the pack. This year, they also picked up Casey Hayward, the veteran uh, cornerback, to play opposite A.J. Terrell. Terrell was so good last year that NFL teams and opposing quarterbacks often avoided him, and that led to uh, the other starter opposite him and Fabian Moreau uh, struggling in, in due to the uh, extra reps he was getting, and they feel like Hayward can bring some stability to that position and take advantage of the increased opportunities and targets that he'll see opposite the side. The other key player on the defense 
is their nickel cornerback in Isaiah Oliver, who suffered an ACL tear in the first month of the season, but was off to the best start of his career and was playing at a really high level and was arguably one of the five to ten best nickel corners in the league uh, before his injury last year. And the Falcons are optimistic that he can pick up uh, where he left off coming off of that injury. And if he does, then the Falcons have potentially one of the best uh, uh, cornerback trios in the NFL between Terrell, Hayward, uh, and Oliver, and coupled with some of the additional pieces they have up front. Uh, you know, this defense, while not going to be by any means a juggernaut, but it's certainly making strides to at least be uh, getting closer to competency. Last question I got for you, Aaron. Give me a realistic projection on, on the Atlanta Falcons in 2022. You know, where do they finish after the 17-game schedule? Yeah, I'm not expecting this team to rack up as many wins as they did a year ago. I think they've benefited from playing a relatively soft schedule and beating up on a number of bad teams. They have essentially a murderer's row of, of you know, Super Bowl contenders to start the season. I'm not counting uh, the Saints in that category. Uh, but they are a team that I think will be a lot more competitive against some of the better teams uh, that they faced this year than they were a year ago, where they tended to beat up on the bad teams and win close games against those teams and really struggle to be competitive against some of the more playoff-caliber opponents. Uh, and hopefully, uh, given that they're not going to necessarily have too many of those weaker teams on their schedule this year, they can be a lot more competitive against those better teams. So I'm looking at a team that's probably going to wind up winning four or five games, uh, but hopefully will be in a position where they can go toe-to-toe with some of the better teams. And that will be, you know, a moral victory, as they say, uh, in, you know, this team's progress moving forward as they sort of rebuild for the future. Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked on Falcons podcast, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Aaron, really appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, have a great season covering the Atlanta Falcons. Appreciate it. There he goes, Aaron Freeman. Not putting the Saints on murderer's row. That's interesting. We'll take our final time out of the show, but before we do that, the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. Once you become a member of the Rewards Club, did you know you'd have the opportunity to win excellent prizes? Because we don't tell you that enough. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse and Cyber's Bayou, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is, again, by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse. How do you do it? It's very easy. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. A couple pieces of information. You can get it done in this next timeout. Quick, simple, sign up today. We'll take that final timeout, wrap it up on the other side. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back into crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, and I haven't said it yet all show. The the intern Daryl is here. The intern extraordinaire. I've got two extraordinaires, and then there's me. I would have said host extraordinaire. Host extraordinaire. It doesn't have quite no, have it the same ring. It really doesn't. I tried. It, it, it doesn't have the same ring, but I, I appreciate the thought behind it. I, I do. I'll give you that. Um. All right. Let's look at the final results of the poll question of the day. 
and I am a scumbag. 69% of you say that I am. 30% say that I am not. Ton comes in and says, man, it's not like he left the Saints for the fail cants. You'll be okay, James. Matt can lose to you in station league play. He was never going to beat me. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ton. Let's be real. <laughs> so funny. I'm never going to be able to win the Dice League, dude. I didn't say that I would never be able to win. I said if I didn't win, I'd be out $800, and that's not something that I am comfortable with. It's a losing mentality. You hey, got you to gotta believe you're going to win at least once. Maybe it is a losing mentality, but my wallet will forever be winning. So, No, because you're still paying a fee with this league. It's a cheaper fee. Still a fee. But it's a cheaper fee. I don't want to hear it. I want to take this opportunity to thank our guest, Mr. Jay Walker, down in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Days. Also, Aaron Freeman of the Locked On, Locked On Falcons podcast for joining us. Thank you to the callers. I'm on the road again, headed to New Orleans. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. Sunbelt Media Day is live from New Orleans tomorrow and Wednesday. RP3, Kevin Foote, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, we're all going to be there. We'll bring it to you live here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.